0: The guy who had the most fully formed message he activated the biggest army on the ground he earned the most media through some of those votes in the council but also through surrogates the social media strategy i think he was one of the more genuine candidates as one publication put it the bespectacled transit nerd tapped into the angst of the upside down right track wrong track like he ran the best campaign and that's why he finished first. And again, he outperformed almost every other candidate in, in all of the three previous elections.
1: Unquestionably ran the best campaign. Nobody else in this state has helped you up there the way I have. Nobody, not this man right here. Your best friend. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have to do something.
0: Welcome to the post-election PBN. My name is Braden Gall. My name is Jamie Holland. Jamie, today on the show, much to discuss after August 3rd's election. We have a runoff in the mayoral race. Alice Rowley, Freddie O'Connell, of course, will be voted on on September 14th. We have one at-large candidate in the Metro Council that has been settled. Four more will go into the runoff with eight candidates. That, of course, coming up over the course of the next month. We have a new... Vice Mayor as well. We've got three runoffs in the council race, but really, more importantly, Jamie, we focus on sort of the old Nashville is out, the new Nashville is in, and what what are the implications of all the things that took place on Thursday? How did Freddie O'Connell's campaign work? How did they get to where they got? And of course, how did Alice Rowley's campaign work? And what are her chances of pulling an upset? In the runoff in the immediate autopsy this is just one of what could be what jay like four episodes of autopsying the the election of august 3rd uh we we don't quite yet we're recording this over the weekend so we don't quite yet have every single bit of demographic data to give to you as we get all of that information we'll dive deeper into how it all happened but your general reactions first and foremost when you saw freddie o'connell and alice roley make it into the runoff with 27 thousand votes and some change for Freddie O'Connell, twenty thousand votes and some change for Alice Roley. by the way, rate review and subscribe, share the show. We had kind of been pointing towards this outcome on the show, generally speaking, for about a month. Beginning of July is when it started to look that this could be the possibility. You laid out the David Fox playbook from twenty fifteen. That is apparently
1: what Alice Roley did. So your reaction to the two names in the mayoral runoff. I think Yogi Berra once said Feels like deja vu all over again. As a baseball player. 2015 replay. I've seen this play before. Here it comes. Again, I tell people if you're voting for Alice Rowley, you're wasting your vote. Why did I say that? Because she is not going to be the mayor. But on Twitter, congrats to Freddie O'Connell. He's now the mayor-elect. Absent some catastrophic event between now and September 14th. So congrats to Freddie O'Connell, according to J.R. J. Holland on Twitter. Uh, X, so, it's whatever. X. I, if I'll, you want to post something or have something reposted, <laughs> you will be on the application known as X. But I'll, I want to mention kudos to Council Member Zulfat Suara, first black at-large member elected to the number one seat in the Metro Council. Congratulations to her. But more importantly, the biggest congratulations I can give to anyone is to, one, a group, two, an individual candidate. One, the group, door knockers. All you folks that went out there and knocked on doors for your various candidates, win, lose, or draw, you are the lifeline and the bloodlines of any campaign. And I salute you. We mentioned earlier in an episode, I believe it was with Steve Cavendish, Braden, the importance of knocking on doors. I think what we're going to get into here in a minute is the people that knocked on the doors won the races or came dangerously close to unseating an incumbent. Like in Council District 9, Tanya Hancock, they did get out and knock the doors. And who did that pummel? Well, that pummeled the biz pigs. If you read their poll also known as Bruce Doby's power pole, you would think Matt Wilshire would have won. But for 2019, 2023, they are not picking mayors over there. Uh, Alice Rowley, roughly 27, 28,
0: 28,000 door knocks, according to her. I believe that was number two behind Freddie O'Connell. No surprise. Those numbers are inflated, but sure, sure. Uh, listen, we can get to how... Freddie ran a campaign and how Alice ran a campaign and how the two campaigns ended up where they were. I want to give some frame of reference. I I agree with you first and foremost to congratulate anybody who was willing to go out there and do the work, especially in a couple of those weeks, Jamie, where it was like a hundred degrees. I I will say when you look at the, the end results, you're jumping the gun. Let me give one more. I said, I was going to, well, I wanted to ask you who actually can, like I did not have, so I was in, Uh, I live in the Anthony Davis, Afton Bain district. I I had one of the two come to my door. I do not recall either of the two district six council people coming to my door. I did not have a single mayoral candidate come to my door. And I had one family that happened to live on our street that was campaigning for Freddie O'Connell come to my door. I had one candidate come to my door and I was open. I would have been open to any candidate coming to my door. I had no idea who was going to vote for until the last minute but I don't know who came to your door, but I had zero mayoral candidates. Maybe you don't vote
1: in a frequency enough to do it. Cause normally <laughs> well, that's a bunch of horse shit. Normally <laughs> I'm not gonna knock on a door, waste my time trying to knock on a door. Somebody that's, you know, you've graded Your campaign is graded as a D or C voter. You want to look for somebody that votes in general metropolitan elections. Now I'm offended. Which reminds me, that's in Section 1501 of the Charter. Messed that up. Last episode, called it 1901. It's Section 1501 of the Charter. (laughs) happens every four years. Odd-numbered years. But, you know, same at our house. Our household has two folks that vote every time the bell rings. I may have missed one in my life that I know of. Wasn't intentional, but may have missed one, but otherwise vote every time had one mayoral candidate, knock on our door, Freddie O'Connell campaign, not Freddie himself, but his campaign knocked on our door. Each district six candidate knocked on our door. That kind of indicates that Freddie was out doing what I think had been mentioned on this show before kind of running up the score where they're strong and not trying to spend any time in where Bellevue. Hermitage, Jolton, Briniock, because that's a waste of time that was revealed in 2015. It reared itself again on Thursday. So some frame of reference
0: uh, data points for everyone to consider. Um, Davidson County is roughly 35 to 38 percent Republican. In 2020, presidential elections are very different. But I'm, I'm bear with me here. I'm going to kind of frame it down to get to the mayoral race. 100,000 voters voted for, for Donald Trump. That was 32% in 2020. 300,000 people roughly voted in the presidential election. You have about 100,000 voters in a mayoral election. So significant, you know, different type of, of overall uh, turnout. But if you look at what Freddie accomplished with his vote total at 27,000 and some change, that was better than David Briley in 2019 in a fairly crowded field. Carol Swain was the top Republican in that in that race at 22,000, 22%. David Briley got 25%. John Cooper, 35,000. Then, of course, he ran up the score by 39 points in the runoff. In the 2018 special election, which, of course, is a little different, uh, Briley, with 44,000, got over the, 50, 000, or the 50% f- threshold to not cause a runoff. Again, the top Republican, Carol Swain, uh, there with 22%, about 18,000 votes. In 2015, the election that is most comparable to this election. Megan Barry, 24,000 votes, 23.5%. David Fox, 23,754, 22%. And of course, Bill Freeman right after that was just like 1,400 votes shy of getting to the runoff. Point is, Freddie O'Connell beat every one of those totals except for John Cooper in 2019. So I think if you are going to ask how this happened, we can get to the left and the right and the the different populations and running up the score. But the guy who had the most fully formed message, the Metro specific message, Metro specific, but also he also had the most time to work on the campaign, not generalities. He activated the biggest army on the ground. He earned the most media through some of those votes in the council, but also through surrogates, the social media strategy. I think he was one of the more genuine candidates. When you talk to people who voted for him, why did you vote for him? He feels like, as one publication put it, the bespectacled transit nerd, now f- potential future mayor, mayor elect is, <laughs> is how that translates. <laughs> mayor elect. He, as as Jeff Carr talked last week on the show, tapped into the angst of the upside down, right track, wrong track, it city nonsense. Like he ran the best campaign. I don't know what else. Like I don't think there's more analysis. And, and then you look at the other names and we'll get to how they might have cannibalized each other from a voting standpoint, but it just felt like he did his job and that's why he finished first. And again, he outperformed almost every other candidate in, in all of the three previous elections.
1: Unquestionably ran the best campaign. And I think I mentioned in the mega cast that, you know, I was expecting to see some contrast being drawn by the other candidates or their groups or packs or what have you. And that, happen via text message pretty weekly, but that leads me to my number one congratulation of the candidate. Cause I, I believe some people call them hit pieces. Some people call them negative. Well, facts are facts and stubborn as they may be. And that goes to Angie Henderson for having the guts to send the mail that I'm sure people told her not to mail that hit Shulman right between the eyeballs, not with, scurrilous information but with actual facts and she titled it he is not listening if there ever was a lesson to be learned particularly if you're challenging an entrenched incumbent Angie Henderson taught you that lesson you've got to pop them upside the head and she did it and the timing of which it dropped early voting was very close but on election day she mopped the floor with Jim Shulman kudos credit to Angie Henderson and I respect her for sending that mail and all these other candidates didn't have the guts to do it. And guess what? They didn't make the runoff.
0: So I, I do have some questions about the, cannibal, the cannibalization of the different candidates. I said on the megacast, I thought Jeff Yarborough and Matt Wilcher were fighting for the same vote. And I think to some degree, you know, you had some history with Heidi Campbell and Jeff Yarborough, of course, both coming in from the same place, having some history with each other in the state Senate. You've got might Sharon- be some sub tweets. Out- oh, excuse me. <laughs> Sub-X's. Oh, look at Damn you. Damn it! <laughs> look at you. Sub-X's. It didn't take longer. You screwed up. Sharon Hurt, of course, at, you know, calling Vivian Wilhoyt, hey, th- we're going to we're gonna take each other's vote here. We need to work together. Uh, and it's, you know, Jamie, we spent a lot of time on these episodes building up to the election, talking about the the lack of trust and sort of the infighting with the council, with the state and the city, with voters themselves. And it seems even within the candidates, if there's you know if, if if either jeff or matt supports the other one and doesn't run they might be in the runoff if either heidi or jeff supported each other and weren't in the race they might be in the runoff I, i'm not sure we could say the same about sharon and vivian but they clearly were were fighting against each other for the same voters so uh, to me this is where freddie just had his own path he had his own lane and he took advantage of it alice the same exact thing he had his own she had his own her own path her own lane and just like we told you they'll be in the runoff. I'll ask you in a, you know, you've already, I don't even have to ask you, I guess, if you think she's got a chance, but it was 10 points total last time uh, in 2015, when we had this kind of situation, it was 39 points when Briley beat Cooper in the runoff, a slightly different situation. Uh, I, Cooper beat Briley. I, sorry. What did I say? You said Briley. Cooper. Is that true? That, that if you take the 12,000 votes, Jeff Yarbrough got and divvied it up, some would go to Freddie. Some might go to Alice, but, don't you think the vast majority of that goes to, to Matt Wilcher and he gets in your runoff?
1: I mean, I think as spoilers go, if you want to pinpoint one, I think Jeff Yarbrough would be spoiler number one. But he might say, you know, hiding, getting in, took away from him. So he, he would have beat Matt, but for Heidi. Like, think about that. Talk about infighting. You're talking about a state Senate Democratic caucus. There's five members, I believe. Maybe there's six now. Maybe they have a sub on the basketball team. I'm not sure. But two of them decide to run for mayor. That is not an example of we get along very well.
0: We're going to get into this today because it, there is some some large lessons to be learned about Freddie O'Connell. Again, not just from a campaign standpoint, which we both agree was clearly the best of the bunch. But again, to have two state senators clearly with a little bit of a rivalry there. Jeff and Matt have known each other for a long time. How much of a rivalry is there? We don't know. And again, it just seems like conflict is is the theme that's running through a lot of all of this. And some of that is representative in what the voters are feeling. And it is why Angie Henderson has upset Jim Shulman as vice mayor. It is why Afton Bain upset Anthony Davis to some degree to, to replace uh, the late Bill Beck. It, there is what we're going to get to what out with the old, in with the new means for our city. I do think there there's a very specific reason why those messages are landing, and I know you like to bust on the hive and the Twitter sphere, and I guess it's the X sphere now, and you know the outrage machine. And I and I agree that that's unproductive, but there is clearly something real that Freddie O'Connell tapped into, that Afton Bain tapped into, that Angie Henderson tapped into, and. We can get into what that means now, if you want. We can save it for later. We're gonna
1: come back because okay. I, right. I'm I'm still on the race and thinking about those candidates. You no, know, they, they didn't hit
0: each other, by the way, like you're talking about, right? Chicken shits.
1: There was some theme. Oh, you know, Bill Lee won the Republican primary, and everybody was attacking everybody. Well, that was that was in a pre-covenant world. Uh, you got to hit. Angie Henderson is the vice mayor because she had the guts to land a blow period. That, there's a lesson there. People, you don't have to be negative all the time, but sometimes you got to draw contrast and spit facts. And she did these other people didn't have the guts to do so. No need for Freddie to every poll said he was in the lead, but you look at these council districts, what did they win? Matt Wilshire zero council districts, won. Jeff Yarbrough zero council districts, one. Heidi Campbell, zero council districts, one. Vivian Wilhoyt, one council district, one. Sharon Hurt, two council districts, one. Where? North Nashville, and surprisingly, if this date is correct, Jolton. But she's from Bellevue, and to the point of you know, in a prior episode, like you better be strong at North Nashville, down the I-24 corridor. If you're going to win this race, you know, look at this map. What did Freddie win? <laughs> he won North Nashville, East Nashville, down the I-24 corridor. Boom. He's going to be mayor elect who won Bellevue and Brennan, Alice Rowley. who won Hermitage, old Hickory, Goodlettsville? Alice Rowley. The suburbs are conservative. I-24 downtown corridor. Into North Nashville, progressive. That's where you got to win. I I talked to a candidate, and I asked him where he was, and he said, I'm in Bellevue at my office, Bellevue office, campaign office. I said, close that damn thing. Waste of time. Those people aren't going to vote for you. Period. What do they do? They're going to go home. They went home to Alice. And the precinct report reveals that.
0: 27,470 votes for Freddie O'Connell, 20,458. Matt Wilcher. 17. Jeff Yarbrough, 12. Heidi Campbell, Eight. Eight thousand 8,330. Sharon Hurt, 6,100. Vivian Wilhite, 4,754. And, of course, Jim Gingrich, 1,600 votes and some change. Had every single one of them, of course, gone to vote for Matt Wiltshire, hypothetically, that still would not have gotten him to the number that Alice Rowley got to. So, again, I think you're right. It's Jeff and Heidi, in theory, potentially playing spoiler with like a little a little bench support from gingrich i suppose but he did not take even more than two thousand votes so
1: i mean shout out to steve cavendish and national banner and the team out there they did great election coverage they did great analysis informing voters hands down the scene national post elliot be number two Cavendish and so he's Stephen so Steven number two is what you're saying. Well, right. and, and he's number one at the scene, number two overall. That's, that's his ceiling because they killed it. Absolutely killed yeah, it. They did a great job. Everybody else in the marketplace. What was your question? I feel like I lost it somewhere.
0: <laughs> just, just we were continuing the conversation about spoiler
1: that I think. Like, so the Democrats cut each other to right. pieces. Right. So that puts Alice in the runoff. At some point, there's got to be a conversation amongst the candidates. Do you have a real shot to win? Because otherwise, you're just screwing somebody that's you know agrees with you ninety percent of the time. And I don't know why we keep doing this exercise. My guess is the lesson learned of 2019, relative to Cooper, is that yeah he got in late, you know, and really started ramping up advertising in April. You know, Jeff Yarbrough has a job. Heidi Campbell has a job from January to April ish in the state Senate well they couldn't do their job and campaign for mayor at the same time so like what were they really doing well they were really helping Freddie who outflanked them to the left and had a better message better campaign and they're as much responsible for him winning as anyone ground game etc I think we mentioned this before low information what do you need to do? if you're slow information because all these fucking forums, and nobody want to piss anybody off and so, say, no, I don't, don't want to go to that one, but that sucked up candidate time that could have been spent on phones, knocking doors, typically, you know, back when Carl Dean was mayor in 2007, 2011, back then knocking on doors was really kind of shit you did for a TV commercial or a news hit. Now we're a little more disjointed and knocking on doors is vital see see above shout out to all the people that knocked on doors and freddie really did it the best and with the greatest volume and you knew when you woke up thursday morning see all these candidates out in like freddie and others oh where are they well they're in east nashville why are they in east nashville because they need to run up the score there they're not out in fucking bellevue and hermitage they're not going to win there
0: well, the the ratio of Pete, you're saying you, you knock on 15 doors in Hermitage, you might get a vote. You knock on 15 doors in your home precinct, you might get seven votes, and I think that's I think that's the what you're talking about. So, I, I agree with you. I think would you say cut them all to pieces? I think that that was the key. I think seeing the margins, five thousand vote margin between Wiltshire and Yarbrough is a pretty big gap. I, I mean Heidi Campbell not even in the race at eight thousand votes. So again, I think those are the three that if the three of them had come together and decided on something, I'm not saying it's not a huge ego hit to come to your competitors and say, look, I'm going to bow out and try to give you my support. I, I don't know. In Heidi's and Jeff's case, they both got in so late that the argument there is, what are you doing, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but I don't think that you know either one of them would have been a terrible mayor. I, don't, I understand the desire to run. What's interesting is looking back at the 2019 field, the number that Cooper put up at thirty five thousand, and the reason David Briley lost, in my opinion, you can jump in here if you want. I, from a from a person who wasn't covering it at the time, there is just no energy there. There was no energy behind the campaign. There was no energy behind the trying to be reelected. Obviously, he got into office in a in a special election. But Carol
1: Swain finished with twenty two thousand twenty two. No, points. he came in by virtue of the charter succession. She Megan Berry resigned. And by virtue of the charter, the vice mayor became the mayor, and until the uh, special election. But the time he was mayor, he didn't do anything. He just kind of kept the car in the road, kept the boat in the water. But that was the strategy, and at though, the, right? Well, that that was a choice, right, that was made, and that that turned out to be a flawed choice. You know, one of the first things he should have done was fire Rich Rebling, who was the director of finance. But he kept him on. Why? Because the soccer stadium deal was going on and rich rebling was a part of that and he wanted to keep him on and maybe use rich rebling to raise money because as soon as the runoff happened they have a fundraiser some they have a big meeting all the biz pigs get together and have a big powwow and you know rich rebling seen going in the door it's like yeah he kept him on for money purpose. i'm sure if you talk to him now he would regret that decision but you know that's part of keeping the boat in the water i yeah, I told him, not that he listen, obviously. it's was like, I, I'd take everybody that was on her team and say, guess what? You're out. Bye. Yeah, See you later. Yeah. Uh, John Ray Clemens, by the way, finished fourth in that election
0: in 2019 with a 16 points, 16,000 votes. Who's
1: about to get primary to the left. Thank well, you very much. We're, we're that's gonna, that's, uh, just a, that's a, a preview.
0: That's a tease. But again, John, John Cooper pulling 35, 35% and 35,000 votes in a also fairly crowded field is – it's impressive. But again, I think what O'Connell did with 27,000 votes
1: and 27%, you you just got to straight up tip your cap. So uh, I mean, once upon a time, the notion was you need to be a former public defender to be the mayor. See Bill Purcell, see Carl Dean. And then it shifted. Well, now you need to be a council member at large. See Megan Barry, see David Briley. Now it's just council member going from the state house of representatives, John Ray Clemens, or the state senate to mayor is not a path to win in right. the mayor's is race. Is
0: that because of the changing environment and landscape
1: in the state senate? I just environment. I think when the people elect you to that position, they expect you to do a certain job and stay there for a period of time. And jumping out, yeah, that it, it, it doesn't play, especially when your message is baked in generalities, things council members or mayors have nothing to do with i.e. gun policy yeah you know like hey what can you do well it's about paving roads picking up trash and zoning so there's a lot of other stuff housing there you go
0: there's a lot of other stuff we're going to get to over the course of the next month as we have runoffs what three district runoffs in district number four 11 and 29 excuse me we've got of course four at large seats with between eight candidates uh, coming up as well, we'll get to, uh, into much more detail about those races uh, and and obviously the mayoral runoff, uh, Alice Rowley, whatever percent chance she has. Uh, again, in 2015, uh, Megan Barry, 60,000 votes, 55 percent, won by 10 points in that race. And then uh, again, not comparable, but Cooper run by, won by one by 39 points in the runoff in 2019. I, I think it's fair to suggest that Freddie O'Connell can can handle this fairly easily. The the question I have, and this speaks to Angie Henderson beating Jim Shulman, this speaks to Afton Bain beating Anthony Davis, um, and it speaks to Freddie O'Connell. I
1: thought that was another episode. No, Afton no, no. Bain. This is this, okay.
0: is this is this is the to me, this is the story of election night, which is I know you're big on the phrase the hollowing out of the middle, but I, I and I don't disagree with what you say on that. But at some point, the reason the angst is working for those folks, the reason they got elected, and the reason is, is people are pissed off. They the, the fight is the phrase. Like I've asked friends and people who vote, like why? Why did you go this way? Why did you go that way? And it's purely anecdotal, but it's almost always comes back to someone is going to fight for me, and I know you believe in pragmatism and the art of the possible, and that's what politics is, and I don't disagree with any of that stuff. But it, it, it's clearly resonating with voters in this county that we need people to fight for us. I think you have. Is that going to work? I have I no idea. I think you're relying
1: on data we don't yet
0: have because. I, That's it. No, that was Freddie O'Connell's entire message. Moorville, Las Vegas, not billionaires and bachelorettes make Nashville work for us. And it, it, it tapped into an idea that people like. And it's not just Democratic. It's Republicans as well that voted for Freddie O'Connell. For that reason, and I not on any
1: scale, not no. on any scale. Okay, on on any scale, they they went other places. You you may have an anecdote or two, but I think you're speaking on a subject we don't know because I, I the data is not in. You know, we've got early voting demographics, but we don't have election day demographics yet. Once we get that, what I think my number one storyline is going to be is women are the story. I think women will have outpaced male votes on a scale maybe never happened before. But women drove this election. And to the point about a fight relative to the state house race, I agree. I mean, Afton Bain's message was... Literally, literally, I'm going to fight for the Tennessee Three. But nobody knows what that means. (laughs) I agree with you. Yeah, let's fight.
0: (laughs) No, but so I guess my question then is how do we marry the job of governing and the difficulties of coalition building and those types of things that actually get the things done that people want done for their children, for their families, for their health, for their personal rights, whatever, et cetera, fill in the blank for what your issue is, housing, transit, et cetera, gun control, you name it. How do we marry the desire and the need for all that to get done with clearly messages from candidates that are i am here to fight for you for for you the voter how do we make those two things come together if i'm not a freddie o'connell voter i am willing to give him a chance to do the job but is fighting the way the job is going to get done does that question make sense no the question doesn't make sense or fighting is not how it gets done
1: (laughs) both (laughs) because you're cross-pollinating some things here with state house race and metro elections you know, I've got on the board right there, you know, the, the council and the new mayor, the first council meeting with the new mayor will be the first Tuesday in October. And I've described that period from then until the second Tuesday in January, which is when the General Assembly reconvenes. And I'm isolating the August 21st special session, if it happens, as the fuck around period. And the January second Tuesday in January until March or April, that's the find out period. Like we have an asymmetrical relationship with the state of Tennessee and some things that state legislators do, you know, doesn't get talked about in campaigns is they provide constituent services. When a constituent business individual, what have you, has a problem with some state agency or commission or board or however it's described department, they contact their state rep. To help them. Well, if your state rep is in a constant fight with the powers that be, be that the speaker of the house, the governor, lieutenant governor, what have you, they're not going to get any help. Like they're just not going to do it. I don't know to what end that is. The end for the fighters in this question is that if I am a sitting democratic house member, they're going to get primaried to the left in the next election. If not the next election, then the one after that. And the proof is in the pudding that to your point, that wins. Well, it's not going to change the dynamic at the state legislature until Democrats start getting elected. It kind of dovetails back to the infighting. Yep. A six member state Senate, they're infighting when two of the six wanna run for mayor of the same county. Nobody could say, hey, I'm gonna back you it's not a good sign. Well, Anthony Davis, eight years on the council, very progressive business owner, community lives in the community. Uh, he mentioned continuing bill Beck's policy theme of service. Get shit done. Nope. Not good enough. Not good enough. You got to fight being a perpetual fight. That is a losing proposition as it currently stands
0: okay so th- this is why i love politics is that the the art of the possible is different than what the people want right that's the house district 51 right, primary right. result yeah so let's try to let's try to let's try to move that to the mayor race then and the implications because again alice like alice roley's message on taxes we're talking on, about two episodes braden and we are we trying to conflate it all into one <laughs> But I don't. I, to me, the theme, and I'm I'm with you on when we learn the demographics, seeing how big of a role women played in the vote. I think is going to be fascinating to watch. But I, I'm just saying, th- there is an older Nashville that got pushed out. Anthony Davis, to your point, one of the more progressive members of the council when he was on it, is pushed out because he wasn't progressive enough. And if that's what the people want, don't we have to at some point listen to what the people want, and then figure out okay, how do we get what they want done? Again, this goes back to holding your nose and working with people you don't like this. go like Freddie O'Connell's gonna have to govern in a different way should he win the runoff? <clears throat> should he win the runoff? He would have to govern in a different way than his campaign laid out. I, I don't know what
1: else I have to add to that, but but to say, like, Angie Henderson, no offense, but she's not a left wing progressive, far left wing progressive. She's not. But she beat Jim Schulman because, well, he shot the bed. A few times and the mail, but we also on the council, we went further to the left and that leads us to who got crushed Thursday. The biz pigs got smoked. They stuck to old tactics, raise some money, create a pack, write some pack checks, send some mail, whereas the groups. The progressive groups that were out there, what did they do? They went and knocked doors in what low information races, low turnout races, particularly council district races. Like even the drop, don't, don't forget the drop off from voting for mayor, 101,000 roughly to voting for vice mayor. There was a 12,000, 13,000 vote drop off. A lot of people went in there, boom, we're voting for mayor and we're leaving. Because you know we were unique being over here in East Nashville. We had a we had a lot of stuff. going We on. had another thing on our ballot. We had a state primary for House District fifty one yeah. and House District fifty two, which is you know closer to downtown. It had a state general election. First time in history.
0: I, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm trying to solve in my own head. It's clear that Freddie tapped into the undercurrent of the city that was going on, and. I understand the undercurrent. I think that's the issue is how do you just... Like he pinpointed that undercurrent and went after it and did a better job of articulating his message and trying to solve that feeling, that vibe in the city that's been going on for a while. And I, I don't... We can talk about the other candidates e- eating each other's votes and cannibalizing each other and not getting along and dovetailing with the infighting and the lack of trust and this and that and the other thing. But like there, there's a... <laughs> there's a large chunk of the city that wants to see us go a different direction. And to me, congrats- well, is there
1: a large chunk? I, I, I mean, that's what it, there's a large chunk of the voting population, but that's, there's a large chunk of 55, 45 in the Davis Bain election. So 55% electric in house district 51 in East Nashville and Madison. But if you look at the other votes of Matt Yarbrough and Campbell and hurt and Vivian and Jimmy G, Natisha Stephanie Johnson, Fran Bush, Bernie Cox, Like it's not as far left. We're not as far left as Freddie's win would indicate. Well, his, his position hmm. is because of the system we have and how we elect our mayors in the general and the runoff. What do we need to, to result in a different outcome? Because we've done this. We did it's twice. We did it in recent memory. We did it in 2015. We did it in 2023. And what is that the far left person and the far right candidate gets in the runoff. And so not under our system of metropolitan general elections, it's not, we're not hollowing it out. It's hollowed out and it's happened twice. If we want to get a different outcome, then we have to change our system of how we elect these folks and maybe ranked choice voting for local elections would change that. Not saying anything about how to do state races. I know the likelihood of ranked choice voting being legal in the state of Tennessee is zero on a state or federal basis. But for Nashville and a local races, maybe it should be an option.
0: So so what your argument is, is that... Argument, I don't know.
1: You, I'm not making an argument.
0: I'm no, just, no. I'm just trying to talk through this. Your, your argument is, is that we've it's hollowed out the middle, even though we're all largely in the middle. But then that's not who won the elections. So how
1: do we how do we put all that together? We we have a system that does not reward okay the majority of people's politics. I, I have nothing to
0: come back to you with that uh, except for I think there's I, I think there's more to what people are angry about and what they're tapping into and what certain candidates have tapped into. I think there's more to it than just, uh, we're just a, a an extreme side of the spectrum. I think there's more to it than that. If you're just going to tell, if you're just going to tell every voter that decides that I think this person is the person for me, that, that, that they're just an extremist. Like that's not
1: going to get us anywhere. I, I'm just saying in 2027 for mayor, the same things, well, 2027 if things go right and Freddie's a mayor and he's an incumbent and he doesn't resign and there's a there's not a worldwide pandemic that drives him out of office you know maybe we're not going to see this type of race again until what 2031 god bless that makes me feel old and and i would say this this analysis ends in four years at least as it relates to the council if we reduce down to 20 and maybe that's a different episode but like you know, looking at the turnout in these various district council races, there's not a whole lot, Yeah. you know, what happened to them? Well, you know, 12 of them weren't opposed. And so I think that all is leading me to think that, Hey, we keep doing the same thing, getting the same result. Maybe we got to change how we elect our people. I'm just looking at this real fast. Three, four, five,
0: six, seven seven of the 35 council races were won with less than a thousand votes. So I, listen, I am on board with 20 council members and that is a plan for a different episode. And it will be very interesting, but I'm on board with that. I'm also on board with rank choice voting. I'm on board with that as well. So we fixed two major problems, quote unquote, in the system that help, you know, solve these problems. I, I just am trying to marry governing with, uh, I mean,
1: there was a bill in the legislature this past session that I called to various people, the most dangerous bill relative to Nashville. And that is it was going to eliminate the runoff election system, just make it a plurality. Whoever got the most votes wins. Uh, Now, Freddie O'Connell probably supports that bill now and save him six weeks of time. But that's the best chance for a Republican to get elected countywide as our current system is envisioned. It isn't, it's not happening to the extent there was a chance or possibility for that to happen. It was David Fox because he, he, he talked the metro-specific points. And I think what we're seeing from Roley is that she's going to be, you know, Freddie's already called it hope versus fear. He's a candidate of hope. She's the one of fear, rightfully so, you know, because she's going to talk in mail. She talked about the crime rate, courthouse burning down, all this kind of stuff. We need police, lower with taxes. Some, with some bogus imagery because the actual courthouse was burnt down and there was some real live Images available to do that piece of mail, but whatever. Uh, who exactly was doing that is also uh, worth discussing. H- who was it? It
0: wasn't the, the 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 actual peaceful protest that took place. But again, that's neither here nor
1: there. She's gonna run. Crime's out of control. We need more police. Schools suck. Right. Uh, uh, she's gonna run a negative on Nashville campaign. She's gonna cite all the problems, and Freddie's gonna cite the possibilities. I don't know how you can run a campaign on
0: lowering taxes and adding police at the same time. I don't know how that's a possible when you decrease your revenue streams and to then add more expenses. I'm not sure how that works from a business standpoint, but that doesn't matter in messaging when it comes to messaging. So I, you know, the percentage chance he has to win, I think everybody
1: realizes is very slim. I mean, there's a current debate going on relative to SROs from school. Tennessee general assembly provided funding for local education agencies to hire SROs. Well, The majority, if not all, the school board and the director of schools doesn't want guns in elementary schools. And a couple of weeks ago, chief police said, yeah, we're not even going to apply for the grant because we need 70 officers. And if we can't fill it, you know, we can't take that money. Well, if you if you poll tested whether or not you want an SRO in a post covenant world, my guess is 75 plus percent say, yes, let's do it. And so, well, what are you going to give up on? You know. That's a priority. Do we want to protect our children in elementary schools or not? I'm not saying put somebody put an officer in there with a uniform and a gun on his holster, but I want him plain clothes or her plain clothes with a weapon. Yes. I as as a parent of school-aged children, yes, I want that. 100%. But we're talking crazy talk like no, we're not going to do that. We got to do that.
0: Well, and that right because of the environment that yeah yeah that's been created yeah. for the schools and no, i know i, I, give I some, don't want to want that right, right exactly but I, <laughs> but I think sometimes you have to articulate that part of the point it's not that i like this is the situation we've been given in this particular issue and we've got to figure out the best solution because <laughs> passing statewide gun common sense gun laws is not going to happen
1: because no, no you know what we're talking about right now come august 21 and the lead up to that nobody's going to be talking about this raising more because Nashville, Tennessee is going to become the most toxic environment in the nation. You know, I don't know what's going to come of that. Obviously, I put the over and under at 48 hours. I put the set the line at 48 hours. I, you know, I may be wrong. Maybe it's 72 hours. Something's going to come out, but I suspect one side of that fight is not going to be happy.
0: I, I am torn on. The direction of the city, its city, wrong track, right track, all the stuff that we covered and we talked about and people talked about and people feel and it, that that's real stuff and that that's why people turned out to vote for certain candidates. Y- yet we all are exactly the same and in the middle more than we think. That That's all. I, I just, I'm, but, I, and, but then, and back, then you have back
1: to. Back to the fight issue, like, I don't think people would describe me as someone that backs down from a fight. I think the reason I have the career I've had the success I've had is because I'm not afraid of a fight, but I get a lot of times people want to hire me for whatever issue that's they're involved in and I'll analyze it quickly and diligently. Like, no, you can't win that fight. You can pay me a boatload of money and because losing causes, I am going to charge a premium boatload <laughs> of money and we'll go fight. But here's the result. Do you still want to do it? Ninety nine point nine nine percent of the people turn around and walk out the door. Well, I'm all for a fight that you can win. I'm not involved in the sport of lawyering for the purposes of lawyering. I want to win. And I'll pay the price to win. Whatever that consequence is, normally my time with my family. But fighting just for fighting's sake. Well, that's that's to what, to what end?
0: That's what I'm asking about is To what end? what does this new governing style look like? And I think again, should he win the runoff? Freddie O'Connell is deserving of all the opportunity to show us that all that stuff that he tapped into, he can go deliver on.
1: That's why I'm like, Hey, I'm going to vote for a council member, a legislator to, can they pass a bill? Have they passed a bill? You know, not to, endorse anyone, but like Berkeley Allen, she has passed bills before. She may not get reelected. Russ Pulley, Zulfat, Syracuse, they have passed bills before. Some of these other candidates that are in the runoff, you've never passed a bill before. They don't know what it's like. And so do I want you to fight and get your ass stomped? And I get no services, constituent services of any type? Or am I going to elect somebody that can pass a bill? Can, can you do both?
0: I guess maybe that's ultimately the better question that I should have asked 20 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> is, can you do both? Can you be the fight person that represents the people that voted you into office and then also d- do the coalition building? And that, that's ultimately what I'm getting at.
1: Is, I, mean, I, I think that's, you know, can you build relationships with humans that you 100% disagree with? Like I, I, I've told this story many times. I'll tell it again here. You know, the, the night... Justin Jones was reinstated to the floor of the House of Representatives. Uh, a bill was passed 91 to nothing that I lobbied. And next morning, you know, there was a lot of protests going on, a lot of rock throwings. The next morning, somebody came out and said, you know, hey, Jamie, I'm, I'm looking for a job. You know, can you help me find a job? I was like, doing what? Well, helping you up here. Well, but no. Just last night, you were throwing rocks in these people's faces. You know, maybe it's an issue I agree with you on or not, but you're not going to be able to do this without being able to work with people you 100 fucking percent disagree with, and obviously, you can't. I I think
0: there's a there's space to watch and learn and and see what happens. Um, otherwise, we've got Are a month. We mont- still talk about the mayor. I, I don't even know. Uh, I think I, I I think there is a larger quote unquote narrative about moving to extremes hollowing out the middle fight 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 and then all of a sudden you're going to get into a chamber somewhere or into an office or into a hallway and all of a sudden all that shit has to go out the window and you got to figure out how to do it
1: i mean there's certain people
0: and i'm willing to give freddie
1: o'connell or whoever else we're talking about here the opportunity to do that thing you know his first hundred days are going to be interesting because he's gonna have to be given the space particularly in my opinion to navigate this fuck around period between October and January second Tuesday in <laughs> January. I want to articulate this cuz Jamie has
0: on the board literally fuck around and find out which everybody's heard about as a phrase. Again, October to January fuck around period, January to March find out period.
1: <laughs> I just want to make sure everybody understands what you're talking about. And then the fuck around period's gins back up again in April. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad we. I'm glad we're laughing about this. <laughs> Update on the airport authority litigation. Oh God! <laughs> Metro's request for an injunction was denied. Why? Because, according to the court, Metro waited too late to seek the injunction. You remember when I told you on this podcast? I think doesn't matter who the fucking mayor is. Who's the director of law? Please, who is it? Well, Freddie's. I'm sure starting that path now
0: well and ultimately i asked the question of all of you on last episode jeff carr stephen elliott and you how much the administration matters every one of you said it matters in an enormous way but there's no real way to figure out what it's going to look like beforehand and that is my that, that is a large part of let's see what you what you got freddie in terms of governing and coalition building and disagreeing with people and working because You've tapped into something that is the opposite of that. And how do you now go about doing that? Because the,
1: with the Department of Law is handing the mayor elect Freddie O'Connell not a shit sandwich, but a diarrhea shit sandwich <laughs> as it comes Jesus. to the relationship with the state of Tennessee. Oh, my
0: God. I appreciate that visual. That's tremendous. I, I got nothing on that one. I, I got nothing on that one. Uh, we've got. Is that a wrap up? Uh, I, it might be that, oh, man uh i'm trying to like read spreadsheets and i can't even read correctly over here uh, porterfield allen hill jones uh, evan Segal, uh polly chang syracuse are your eight at-large candidates running top four will get in uh, on september 14th of course and then you have alice roley freddie o'connell and then you have three runoffs as i mentioned in the district council races district number four uh devet blaylock mike cortez Jeff Eslick and Eric Patton in District Eleven, and then of course in District 29, Tasha Ellis and John Reed. So
1: we'll we'll cover Shout them. out to Steve Smith. That is the reason oh Freddie outperformed the polls. <laughs> Those shit ads amplified <laughs> Freddie in ways that if he spent the same money creating similar ads, he could not have done by himself. Uh, I, I so I wrote this down and I'm pissed off that I
0: didn't ask it earlier. Because as someone who has worked in communications for 20 years, it it is insulting to my intelligence. Not the content of being anti-Freddie O'Connell. That's fine. If you want to be anti-Freddie and spend money on it, go for it. But if you're going to spend money on an anti-Freddie campaign, that helps Freddie (laughs) O'Connell. It is just he he voted no against the titan scene. that's why people are voting for him
1: (laughs) flip flop
0: friend what did he flip flop on i don't know I, i just it's insulting to my intelligence as someone who's worked in communications for 20 years to have made two ads that both do the opposite of what they were paid for to do so so and oh by the way he then of course solicits um unethical and questionable behavior from other folks around i knew right like when that started happening, you're like, well, he's clearly
1: doing something right. So, all right, 2019, ABC, anybody, but Cooper, Cooper wins. <laughs> Belatedly, DEF comes along. Don't elect Freddie. It's right there. So See GHI, right there. <laughs> GHI, it's right here for the taking. Go home idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe. We'll talk to you next week.